Hello, and welcome to Entangled, the podcast where we explore the science of consciousness, the true nature of reality, and what it means to be a spiritual being having a human experience. I'm your host, Jordan Euclid, and today I'm joined by my friend, Dr. Charlotte Meyer. In this episode, Charlotte discusses the philosophy, science, and art of chiropractic. Next, we discuss sound healing, biofrequencies, and binaural beats. We then talk about acupuncture, energy meridians, and healing trauma during past life regression. From there, we discuss Egypt and transformative experiences Charlotte had there. We end the conversation discussing cacao and applied kinesiology. This outro is titled Chiropractic and Acupuncture. Outro is available for this and all episodes at entangledpodcast.substack.com. Music from the show available on the Spotify playlist Entangled the Vibes. Please enjoy. So hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Entangled. I'm very excited today to be joined by my friend, Dr. Charlotte Meyer. Charlotte, how are you doing today? Good. Thank you so much for having me, Jordan. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm so excited to have you back on the show. I've been blessed to have several of our fellow journeymen to Egypt and Jordan on the show now. And so it's been a really cool cool way to get to stay in touch with folks and, and uh, dive deeper into you know, what What it was on your path that drove you to a holographic sound tour in Egypt and Jordan, right? So yeah. So thanks again for joining the show. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here. Yeah. So maybe let's start with kind of, uh, you know, the biographical stuff, right? How, uh, where did you grow up? Um, what did you study and, and how did you get involved in chiropractic? Yeah. So um, I moved around a lot as a kid. I was a military kiddo and, uh, Lived, uh, was born in Texas, lived in Iowa, and then um, moved to Illinois, and then headed over to Missouri to go to Mizzou for my undergrad, where I studied psychology. At the time, I didn't know what I was going to do with that degree, so I just entered the corporate world and was working just odd jobs and just trying to figure out life at that point. And I got really big into health. I started like weightlifting and training for uh, marathons. And, um, so I was not in the best of shape when I started doing this and I ended up hurting myself, which led me into a chiropractor's office. I was trying to find something that was more natural. I, I knew if I went into, you know, the urgent care, they'd just give me pain pills and send me on my way. So really just looking for an, uh, true, um, fix, I guess, for the issue that was going on. And um, as I started going, I, I just started realizing so many different things were changing in my life. You know, things as like sleeping better, right? And um, noticing that your skin was clearing up, um, your menstrual cycles were regulating. It was just one thing after another. Um, and I suffered with an autoimmune condition at the time. I even noticed I was improving in that realm as well. Um, so it's kind of like the, the piece in my life that solved a lot of problems at the time. Yeah. It's really cool. Really interesting stuff. And one question from my end, what, how do you define chiropractic? Mm. So chiropractic is known as um, a philosophy, science, and an art. So it's the combination of the three. There's a really um, interesting philosophy behind chiropractic. It's very spiritual. And then the art is the actual hands-on practice what it means to 
um, place hands on someone else's body, right? And then the science is, you know, the study of how this actually changes our physiology, um, how chiropractic influences our biochemistry, and um, all those things that are just fascinating to me. Yeah, me too. And I'm curious, where does Western medicine and health insurance today stand with regards to chiropractic? Mm, I think there's actually a shift happening right now. Um, I'm noticing there are more and more functional medicine practitioners that are MDs coming into the world, uh, kind of, I guess you could say, catching up with the space that we've always been in. And um, it's really exciting to see that shift. Um, Insurance still kind of sees chiropractic as a not-so-needed commodity, but I think it's turning at this point. Uh, More medical doctors are noticing the benefits of what chiropractic can bring to somebody. I was lucky enough to have a preceptorship when I was in graduate school at um, a medical facility where we were the first chiropractors invited to um, train there, and they would send their patients there to try to get them off opiates. Um, so it was really, really cool to experience and see the shifts in you know one or two adjustments. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, and that brings up a question from my end. So let's say that you know in your instance you uh, injured yourself working out or whatever it was. And then um, you call your health insurance provider and you say like, what, what are my options? Like what would they prefer you to do over chiropractics? I, you know, I'm just assuming that they would just prefer that you go check with your primary care physician um, or like I said, head to urgent care uh, and get some kind of pain medication. Maybe you'll get some x-rays done while you're there, but um, it's usually, you know, it's just to kind of get you out the door as quickly as possible kind yeah. of care. Well, and that's kind of what I'm getting at too, that it's just kind of unbelievable that the only option that, you know, is, is covered is something prescribed by Big Pharma. And it's like, oh, you don't, we don't, we don't recognize at all that, you know, there's other elements to who we are as a human being, right? That besides the pharmacology that goes into it. Yeah, I think it is really interesting. And, you know, just being on the um, the trip to Egypt for holographic sound and just noticing the shifts in all of our lives just by having that sound played for us every day. Um, you can imagine, you know, if that stuff was around and made more public, um, more accessible to people as an option for healing, uh, things could be really different. So um, we do incorporate a lot of those things in my office, which is really cool. That's awesome. Well, yeah, let's talk about that. What are some of the uh, ways you incorporate that type of stuff? Yeah. And maybe actually take it a step back too, because not everyone will have you know, listened to the uh, interview with Dr. Paul. Could you talk about what, what is holographic sound too? Yeah. So holographic sound, um, I mean, Dr. Paul would be better at explaining that, but um, you know, it's about using crystal sound bowls to create uh, a frequency that can shift your cellular DNA, right? It can influence your body in a different level. And um, so at, at my office, we have people that will come in and play free sound baths on Tuesday nights. Um, yeah, and we'll, we'll have people that come in and teach yoga. Um, so more of the mindfulness piece is important um, in my office. Um, and everyone that is there really appreciates that. Wow. Very cool. Um, and have you grown up with spirituality? Mm. 
Um, I grew up Catholic and I never really quite understood it. But um, yeah, I think it, it brought me into my own spirituality and my own um, connection to source, to God, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so it took a lot of unlearning to be able to learn something new, but yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, was it, what, what was it that you would say was the unlearning pieces, like the monotheism part, or is there other elements of it that, that didn't fully resonate with you entirely? I think there was just, um, a lot of shame, blame, and guilt that was tied into a lot of the teachings that I kind of carried with me for a really long time. It's hard for me to kind of let go of all of that, um, I don't know, pain, <laughs> essentially. And um, so I know that was part of my healing journey to kind of work through that and process through that. Um, but yeah, I feel like that was the biggest piece for me. There's just so much, um, I don't know, un- sadness surrounding the practice of Catholicism for me. Yeah, that's interesting. And, you know, my my mom's Catholic, my dad's Jewish. And I think that that story unfortunately resonates with a lot of organized religion. I mean, I think, you know, how you just described it, I would I would certainly kind of view both of those institutions in that kind of same bucket, right, where there's just a lot of shame and guilt associated with it um, from just, I don't, I don't know what it is. I think the biggest element is probably just like any institution of man, the, the traditions that, you know, it all stemmed from can get polluted and corrupted and, and used to benefit those at the top and not, not those that are there, you know, in, in searching for something deeper, but it's, it's interesting to see how, at least it feels to me that, you know, 10 years ago, it was very popular to maybe reject organized religion, but not so much to say, but but the foundations, right, there is something here, right? There is something spiritual and something more. And I think that that reconnection with the deeper underlying traditions uh, is something that I continue to see rise more to the surface. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Are you familiar with um, Reiki? Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, I, I teach a lot of Reiki in my office, actually. And, you know, everything is kind of coming back to the realization that we all have this within us. Um, and it's has gotten so diluted and polluted by our society and the things that are just there, right, that we have to live with every day. Um, and so it does separate us further and further, even though we think we are kind of tying into this belief system um, with a community of people, it kind of pulls us further from the inner truth um, and, and what's always been there. So Very cool. So you touched on sound and Reiki. I mean, I'm curious, you know, how, um, how have you decided which modalities to work with? A lot of these obviously are kind of uh, more Eastern philosophical based, right? So newer to the West. So I'm just curious, like, how did you go about that exploration process of figuring out, you know, which you wanted to incorporate in your practice? That's a great question. Um, it's, there's a lot of pieces to it. Um, but when I started diving into just chiropractic and understanding the effect that it could have on the human body. Um, I ended up doing a specialized technique in school called um, applied kinesiology, which is um, a lot of manual muscle testing, tapping into the subconscious energy of the body, very much um, connected to the chakras and the energy meridians in acupuncture. Um, So 
I started realizing there was like this whole deep hole <laughs> of energy medicine that I could dive into. Um, so from, from that, I, I dove into acupuncture, again, just tuning into the energy of the body and the harmonics and, and the different things that the body can express um, when it is in dis-ease versus when it's in ease. Um, and then, you know, I started playing around with, uh, combining, um, you know, energy healing such as Reiki with acupuncture. So that was kind of my first, um, dive into what is, what do these two things do together? Um, and then, um, I started, uh, to have events with sound bowl practitioners where, um, I would place acupuncture needles and they would play sound and we would just wow. kind of notice the effects that were different based on like what I was doing in my office versus with the sound. Um, so then from there I went even deeper and I started incorporating, um, biofrequencies in my office. Um, so being able to tune into, um, the frequency of someone's voice, what it's telling us about their disease. Um, I use an app for this. It's not through my brain, I promise. Um, and being able to play back their healing frequency specific based on what their body is vibrating at. Wow. Yeah. And so would it be that some, like if you had some sort of illness, your, your frequency would change in a certain direction? Yes, absolutely. And that actually comes out in our own voice, our own sound. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. There's actually research um, right now that they're, they're studying and finding. Um, so it's, it's actually really cool how they're, they're being able to, uh, almost detect cancer just by someone's voice. Um, wow. That's wild. And, mm -hmm. and what, um, what would that study even be called? Right? Like if someone wants to like get into this type of field, which I think they should, right. It's such an exciting, incredible, like place to go. Like, where would you actually go to learn about this kind of stuff? Yeah, I would say um, just looking up things on biofrequency, um, biofrequency feedback. Um, on my website, I actually have a link to where you can look at all the info um, regarding the app that I use in my office. Um, you can get a 14-day tr free trial and you can try it out and um, you can do it for home use so you can kind of play around with it. Um, and they have a ton of research on their website too. Yeah. And so then like the home versions, is it like a guided meditation you're listening to? It's essentially um, just frequencies. So you think of like binaural beats, um, certain frequencies for healing. Um, yeah. And they kind of overplay and overlap one another. Another cool yeah. thing is you can, if you have an affirmation that you're working on, you can type it in and the program entrains it into a frequency so you can hear it back with all the other frequencies. Wow. Um, yeah. It's really, it's really neat. Um. You mentioned binaural beats. Could you explain what that means? Yeah. So binaural beats are, um, you could actually just YouTube several different types of binaural beats. Um, but if you are kind of familiar with, maybe you need a little grounding, right? So you'd want to play a, a grounding binaural beat. And it's usually just one tone or one type of frequency. Um, and um, when it's, when it kind of enters your system, so to speak, it can help recalibrate how your cells in your body are vibrating. So, and that applies to any music at all, really. Hmm. Wow. Now, one of the things you're talking about, right, is 
as it relates to the frequency and vibration of the human physiology. And I think this is um, such an important point that really can't be understated. And I think this is, you know, I'm, I'm certainly critical of Western medicine on the show quite a bit. And I think this is one of the biggest issues I take, right, where they still think of the human body as this bag of bones and blood and organs that's kind of made up of these smaller and smaller pieces, but aren't connected to one another in a holistic manner, much less to anything outside of your individual body. And so, and so they fail to recognize the implications of what we've known for over a hundred years with quantum physics and the like that, you know, the whole appearance of materiality is itself an illusion, right? And the fact that the human physiology is, I think, better described as some sort of form of vibrating consciousness. And once we understand that, then our understanding of how to heal it will will change dramatically. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's um, kind of a key foundational piece. I think right now we are looking at things from uh, too far away of perspective. Um, and it could be as simple, like I said, just healing with your voice. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. So um, could you talk some more about acupuncture? How would you describe what that is? Yeah. So acupuncture is really interesting. Um, it's one of those things that you can always go a little bit deeper with. So you can start surface level and you can treat for pain, right? So just any kind of pain. Um, and basically as you're placing needles on the body, it, um, as it pierces the skin and hits the fascia, the fascia is a neural network. And so it sends a little signal to the nervous system. The body immediately sends um, cytokines to help, right? It sends your inflammatory response um, to the point to um, help boost healing in that area, right? So help promote healing of any kind of pain that's there. Um, but on a deeper level, right, it works on the energy meridians. And from there, it can actually assist with emotional issues, um, deep-seated traumas. Um, it can go as far as, you know, past life traumas. So all depending on how you use it and your intention, as with any energy medicine, um, it can really affect how the needles are used. And what does it mean when you say energy meridians? Yes. So there are 12 primary energy meridians on the body, um, and they are labeled as um, particular organs. They're all split up in um, elements. So I study traditional Chinese medicine which believes there are five primary elements. Um, And so all of the organ energy meridians are divided into those. So you have um, the element of fire, which is heart, small intestine, um, pericardium, and triple warmer. Um, So triple warmer, it's really interesting. um, That has a lot to do with more of your, um, your three burners in your body. So the upper, middle, and lower burners. Uh, has a lot to do with your immune system as well. Um, And then you have the earth element, which is spleen and stomach. Then you have the metal element, which is lung and large intestine. The wood, I'm sorry, the water element, which is kidney and bladder. And then the wood element, which is um, liver, gallbladder. 
So they all kind of form this circle and how they influence one another. So when they are all in balance and all flowing evenly, then the body is in a healthy state. But if one area, say the fire element, is bound up or stagnant, energy is not flowing in that complete circle anymore. Wow. All right. So say I'm a new patient coming in. (laughs) (laughs) How do you go about deciding like what meridians to work with, where to put the needles, like, or is it kind of a just discovery process, you know, with new patients? Yes, it's always a discovery and every day is different. Um, So a lot of times, um, people will tell you clues, right? So I look at it as like clues and putting the pieces of a puzzle together. Um, So they'll come in and maybe say, you know, they've um, got a lot of inflammation. Um, Maybe they've got um, irritation in their gut, right? And so I'm thinking inflammation is heat. So that would be um, the fire element, right? I'd be thinking about one of those meridians at that point. And then gut, obvious, stick to large and small intestines. So maybe there's some stuff going on there. And then, of course, I'm asking the deeper questions. So the fire element is related to the emotions of joy and the um, large intestine and lung metal element are related to the emotions of grief, right? So has anything serious happened in your life um, in the past three to five years, right? And usually it comes out, oh, yeah, my dad died or something to that extent. They're still processing some grief. Their joy is stagnant. It's not moving. Um, So then we start to kind of look into that. And then, of course, as you study acupuncture, every point relates to something different um, and has um, different aspects to it. So then you kind of dive even deeper and see if you can narrow down um, to a more specific point for that person. Interesting. Um, It sounds like it has a similar functionality as the chakra system. Is that fair to say? Yes, absolutely. But they're not the same. And I guess, like, are they, I've also heard that there's various kind of uh, uh, branches of acupuncture, right? Like you mentioned you've worked with Chinese, but isn't there also maybe a Japanese version as well? Yes, there are several different forms, um, all of them a little bit different. Um, but I think they're still all kind of getting at the same thing, right? We're trying to essentially find where the block is in the energy flow, right? Or where is the frequency off? Uh, Where does it need to be reattuned? So just kind of um, seeking for the root, essentially. Yeah. Do you find people are usually freaked out by the needles? (laughs) Um, People that are freaked out don't often actually get acupuncture. Sure, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make it into the door. Yeah. Even though I will um, suggest it, sometimes they're just too afraid to start and that's okay. And that's one of the reasons why I blend so many different modalities um, is so I can kind of meet people where they're at. Um, So it doesn't have to be acupuncture. I can still, you know, get to the same result through chiropractic or Reiki. Um, So, yeah. Interesting. So as you've learned more about acupuncture, um, like, how do you think about it? Like, A, how many points are there, you know, on the human body? And then, like, do you think about it almost like as a map? Yes, it's um, it's definitely a map. There are hundreds of points on the body. It's 
it's insane. And then there's ghost points and extraordinary points. So it could just, the list goes on and on. And then there's points that aren't points, but you can make points, right? So um, every point is possible on the body, essentially. Um, and, you know, you just kind of um, work through the process of figuring out what is, again, what is the key? What is the missing piece? Um, where is the where is the dysfunction? Where is the dis-ease? Where is it happening? Um, always asking why. When you're looking at someone who's coming in to work with you, do you, do you think about it like, I don't know how to ask this question the right way, but like when I think about the Vedic interpretation of physiology, right? What they've done that's really interesting um, is looked at the structure and function of the various sections of the human brain and recognize that you can map all of those directly to the, the planetary uh um, bodies, right? The the stars and um, and the planets, and that you know it gets back to this whole idea that astrology is not some woo woo, you know, science, but that it's all grounded in this fact that we are all the same manifestation of the same grand pattern, right? And kind of gets into this idea of fractal geometry. So I'm almost asking, like, do you think about like do you when you when you look at the points on someone's body, do you almost think about like what else does this represent in the more holistic picture? Oh. Yeah, absolutely. You know, of course, as you're learning like the points and the meridians, you're visualizing them on on the body and where they are. Um, but then, you know, it it has more depth than just that, than just the surface level. Um, there's always just more that you can tune into. So, you know, thinking about okay, if the energy meridian is running um, along the head, right, and someone has um, headaches. Right. So I'm thinking there must be a relationship between this meridian that runs through here and their headaches. And then again, what is that related to um, even further? Is it because they are holding on to anger and resentment? Right. Um, or is it because there is some type of um, ancestral line that is causing this? Is it because they're blocking their spiritual connection? Um, is it because they're avoiding what they need to think about? Right, so there's just so many different things that you can tune into, um, and it really is person to person based. Everyone has their own um, thing going on. The most beautiful thing that I see in my office is the people that come in are always a reflection of things that I'm working on or things that I've just worked on. Right, so just showing me how deeply connected we are, um, and and how that energy just continues to attract and pull in things you know like meets like all the time yeah 100 percent. it's that's really cool to hear um and you talk about this idea of ease versus disease and i think again you know when we go when we ha- feel that we have disease and we go to a western doctor the answer is typically focused on our uh physical health right but all these things that you're talking about i mean you know you barely touched on that really it's much mostly been things you say that people are coming with that are really more mental and spiritual driven right so i'd be curious to get your thoughts obviously starting with chiropractic which is very much about the physical right and then getting more into the the mental energetic and spiritual like how do you think about those various um elements in the overall well-being of your patients yeah, so um, everything is connected. Absolutely. Uh, so I always like to remind people that um, anything physical also has 
a mental, emotional, and spiritual aspect to it always. There's never just pain in the body for no reason, right? Um, There's never just pain that just is there, Um, even if it was from an accident, right? So maybe um, you've been in a car accident. What was happening in your life that led there, right? Was there anything that was going on? Were you distracted while we were driving? Um, Were you drinking alcohol at the time, right? So it's kind of like you have to, again, kind of dive deep and figure out, what brought you to this place? Was the universe trying to slow you down because you were go, 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 right? Were you not slowing down and taking time to reflect on, on this life that you're living? Um, so the universe does funny things, right? Just It does funny things. It'll knock you over and you'll twist your ankle and, and now you have to take a day off, right? So it's like sometimes the universe is like, you won't listen to my whispers here. So I'm <laughs> just push you over the ledge a little bit. Um, so totally. yeah. 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 And then that gets into the whole idea of, you know, synchronicity versus coincidence. And often the things that surface level appear to be horrible events in our life, right? Like a car accident can, or, you know, your, your injury when you started to work out more, right? It can end up turning into a beautiful blessing for your life. Exactly. If it weren't for that injury, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. The shift in my life would have never happened. Um, mm-hmm. but I couldn't have made that happen. Right. Oh, I take that back. Kind of. Yes. <laughs> right. Subconsciously, I wanted a huge change for my life, but consciously I wasn't doing anything for that. Um, so subconsciously it was kind of the overrunning program. It wanted to make it happen. Um, so it did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, and you mentioned earlier how you uh, majored in, in psychology for undergrad. And I'd be curious, you know, why do you think it was that uh, interest that you were interested in psychology? Yeah, I think at the time I had no idea how much I'd be using it now um, to understand and being able to just simply um, kind of bring that knowledge into the physical, right? So. Um, yeah, at the, I had no idea that this is where it was going to be with that. Yeah, interesting. Um, kind of related note, and this is, a, this is an easy one. What do you think is the true nature of consciousness? Mm. <laughs> That's a really interesting question. Yeah. True nature of consciousness. Well, you know, I debate this in my mind all of the time. And the only thing that I can come up with on my own um, is that if the world realized how connected and how singular we all are, the world would be a very different place. Mm-hmm. Very, very different. Um, people would treat each other differently, I think, realizing that what they do is simply onto themselves, um, literally and figuratively, however you want to mm-hmm. think of it. Um, so, you know, it's just that, that, that consciousness, um, us, I think we've just forgotten, you know, where we all came from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And you mentioned, you know, working with, um, acupuncture, a lot of folks will have memories and experiences from past lives come up. I'm curious, you know, have you ever had any past life experiences? Do you believe that you've experienced past lives? Um. <laughs> I do. 
And it's really interesting because I um, just recently started noticing that I was getting glimpses of other people's past lives as I was working on them. Um, It's not something I've ever been kind of tuned into. Um, I've had mentors that have helped me work um, through my past lives. Um, But um, yeah, so when it started happening in my own office, it was kind of uh, offsetting a little bit because I didn't know what was happening. Um, and then, you know, just kind of listening to how people talk about their lives and maybe it's something they've kind of karmically lived for a really long time. Yeah. Um, longer than just this life. Right. And it's like, we have to start paying attention to, again, those underlying subconscious programs that just continue running. Um, and they can go for, you know, multiple lives. Yeah, totally. Are you familiar with um, Dr. Brian Weiss's book, Many Lives, Many Masters? No, tell me more. Really interesting. So he was like a uh, classically Western trained psychiatrist, um, kind of similar experience to what you're just talking about. He started, uh, he was working with a patient who just started spontaneously having these past lives. Um, and even more incredibly, like when um, she would die in her past life, she would go into this like in between realm and, and communicate messages from ascendant masters back to Brian. And so, yeah, so he's kind of been one of the biggest uh, folks moving the the research of past life regression forward. And the reason I bring him up, because um, I read his book recently, um, and it seems like the story that you're telling is 100% consistent with what, you know, his experience has been working with patients with past life regressions and knowing other folks who've done energy healing and work with patients as well. I mean, it seems like a very common occurrence that people have past life experiences during, during, uh, um, clinical sessions. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think it is, um, more common than we think. Um, and you know, as I've come to realize these modalities, really what they do is just bring things to the surface to be dealt with, to be worked through. Mm -hmm. Um, so things that are kind of deep in there can come up, um, and in multiple ways. So, um, yeah, it's just a a way of kind of digging up the dirt, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And as we're talking about the true nature of consciousness too, I think one of, if not the single biggest underlying issues for a lot of people is their fear of death. And I think that's why folks could get over the kind of intellectual roadblock that again our our western paradigm of science has locked us into that you know there is nothing after death and and say hey actually if you look at if you just look at all the uh anecdotal evidence of near-death experiences out-of-body experiences people who have these breakthrough experiences on psychedelics i actually think there's much more anecdotal evidence uh that that there you know is there is no death. And so I think if that's something that we can get more people to open their minds to, it could alleviate a lot of the unnecessary suffering in the world. I think you're absolutely right. And um, I believe plant medicine has a huge uh, role in playing (laughs) uh, for that future because for whatever reason, it just brings that, that awareness to um, your consciousness, I guess. Um, brings you out of the fog a little bit. Um, and then once you can just start to see it, you can see it everywhere. 
Um, and I think it makes it a lot easier for most people. Mm -hmm. Totally. So um, would love to get your thoughts on what it was that attracted you to Egypt. Mm. Um, let's see. What was it? Well, essentially, um, you remember Charity. So Charity, uh -huh. uh, so her and I were doing sound bowl and acupuncture events. And she um, walked into our event and she was like, I'm going to Egypt. I was like, what? I want to go to Egypt. That was literally it. And then I signed up and went. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's amazing. I just trusted the universe's call at that moment. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things where when you get there, you, it's all a remembering and, um, kind of what, you know, plant medicine and, and just a, an awakening and going through all these, um, these spiritual events in your life, you start to remember, oh yeah, I do remember this. I remember this. Maybe it was from a past life. Maybe it's just from my current consciousness. Um, maybe it's just from the, you know, one consciousness that I'm remembering these things. And so you just kind of start to activate a little, little by little. And mm -hmm. Egypt was that activation for me. Were there any specific temples or experiences that stood out for that? Mm, they were all so beautiful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I think, you know, the Horus Temple was probably one that I felt the most connected to, um, but I felt the most energy at the Isis Temple. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I had some really interesting experiences during sound. Um, so, yeah, it was insane. At Isis? Yes, yes. I, um, I was practicing eye gazing. Have you ever done that? Uh-uh. Okay. So it's kind of like an energy technique. You basically um, remove your sight from your sight, right? Imagine as if you're seeing from the back of your head. Um, and you can kind of tune into and tap into the energy in the room, right? Whether it's a person or um, an animal or plant or whatever it is. Uh -huh. And so as Dr. Paul was playing, I was like practicing some eye gazing and I saw some of the most incredible like figures come through almost as if like his guides were dropping in and then vanishing they look like wow. particles of dust it was beautiful um yeah I, I couldn't explain it um and then i also saw this like pillar of light which actually um sean also saw um wow. so it was one of those things where you're like oh i i did see something there <laughs> so it was really it was a really cool experience yeah that's incredible yeah, what were your favorites? That's tough. I uh, the the Great Pyramid was incredible. Um, I'd gotten food poisoning that night, so like I was feeling pretty crappy. <laughs> but <laughs> otherwise, I mean, I had an experience when we were um, when Doctor Paul was playing in the in the pyramid, and we were um, in my body, in my like my energy body came out of my body for a few, like less than a second probably, but it was, I'd never had that experience before. And I was like, this is unreal. Uh, so that was pretty cool <laughs> for sure. And then actually I, uh, I had a pretty wild experience um, after Petra. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we went on to Jordan and then I, uh, 
was meditating at Petra at, at the monastery. And then, you know, within 24 hours was back home. And that day I decided to take some mushrooms and just kind of integrate the experience. And it just like, I, I had this, I actually decided to work with a, a, a crystal um, because um, Debbie and Tressa had been giving me some tips on like how to work with that with meditation. And, you know, I've been, um, I've been very actively interested in exploring, you know, the existence of non-human intelligence. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it was just the most profound, clearest communication with, with beings outside of me that you could imagine. Like I had the, I had the crystal on my heart and it was like, they were just <laughs> grabbing me by this crystal and speaking directly to my heart. It was unbelievable. I love it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tell people all the time, I'm pretty sure I am alien, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think my previous life was human. <laughs> Interesting. Any thoughts on uh, where in the universe you might have been? No clue. I, in, yeah. in hypnotherapy, um, Sirius has come through, but mm. um, that was my closest that I, that I got to it. Very interesting. Mm. Do you know uh, the um, streaming service Gaia? Mm-hmm. There's apparently I, I saw an interview of a woman who's who's actually based here in Colorado, so I want to go check her out. But she does um, it's called like extraterrestrial genealogy. <laughs> yes, yeah, so she can tell you like what star system you're from originally. I don't know. That's so cool. You should definitely do that. <laughs> yeah, I need to. I want to. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, but it's cool that you thought serious too. I mean, so I'm uh outside of, you know, the trip to Egypt, I, I just love watching, you know, documentaries and stuff about it. And I think Sirius is also believed to have been pretty instrumental in ISIS, which is, again, interesting that you had, you know, the ISIS uh, experience too. Mm. Yeah, I didn't, um, maybe I did know that. I'm not sure I did know that. But um, yeah, I'm not sure. The only other um, incredible like vision that I received was when we were in um, Sekhmet's chamber. Uh, oh, that, interesting. that was another thing. So I don't know. I was being told something. I'll figure it out one day. Yeah. It's interesting. Sekhmet's uh, an interesting character. And, you know, I want to, um, it's cool. Like I've, I've watched a few docs on Egypt before going and I want to go back and kind of like rewatch them and kind of, uh, I, ha I have another like appreciation, obviously now, like actually seeing it, I think having a little bit more of an understanding of the cosmology and then, you know, it gets really interesting kind of connecting it to early Gnostic thought. And it's, you can tell that there's definitely quite a bit of overlap in what the Egyptians believed and what, you know, now remains in the core of the Judeo-Christian philosophy. Yeah, that would be really interesting. Um, I, mm -hmm. I've been wanting to dive into that as well, because I think, you know, again, the Egypt trip, it definitely, it was a calling, right? It was one of those things where my whole soul was like, yes, go there. Um, so, and I still think there's things that I'm integrating and learning from that experience. Um, so I'm just kind of, you know, watching and waiting for it to all unfold, but, um, you just kind of sparked my interest in rewatching some of those documentaries. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so I'd be curious, you know, you're in St. Louis. I'm from Cincinnati originally. I don't know if you knew that. Um, I did. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, you know, I think uh, they're not necessarily the most, the, the, t the first cities that come to mind when you think of spiritual progressiveness, right? So I'm curious, have you seen that change? Is that, for, first, I guess, is that a fair statement? And B, have you seen that change over time? 
Um, that's definitely a fair statement. And I also think it is one of the reasons why, for whatever reason, I can't leave St. Louis. Um, I'm being called to do work here and to help people here um, because I think there could be um, a huge shift if it happens here. Um, so I, that's, that's where I'm feeling called right now. And um, but yeah, hopefully, you know, in my circle, I have a pretty great circle here. And a lot of, there's a lot of wonderful people in this community. Um, and I think it just keeps expanding and growing um, as more people, again, try, try some of these modalities to yeah. open them up, right? Whether it's plant medicine or chiropractic or acupuncture, it doesn't matter. You know, they're just kind of tuning into this energy. And it's really um, fascinating to watch and just to see people like evolve right in front of your eyes. Yeah. And that's what's so cool about all these healing modalities, right? Like, and I think... Uh, a lot of people go into them very skeptical and look, not all of them work for everybody by any means, but I think uh, they work. Right. And then, so a lot of people that go into them skeptical, it's like, it doesn't really matter if you don't think it's going to work because it will. <laughs> so surprise is what you're going to find out. That's exactly right. And that's what they used to teach us in school. They're like, it doesn't matter if someone believes in it or not. It, it works. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, you know, having a great community in St. Louis now and, you know, really being being drawn to staying there. You mentioned growing up um, as a military kid. Was that hard as a, as a kid, you know, not having that maybe stable foundation of friends in each spot? It definitely was challenging um, because I always felt like the outsider uh, kind of I always kind of was the one that thought differently than most people anyway. So <laughs> to be in a new um, school atmosphere um, every so often, it's just very unsettling. Um, so, you know, it was kind of one of those things when you reach adulthood and you get to choose where you want to live. And then you start to build your community around, you know, how weird you are. Um, and it works out really well. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So you just kind of find your people and um, that's it's. It's much easier than when you're just kind of jumping from one one state to one state. Totally. And I wonder maybe having had that experience, you know, you were more comfortable exploring stuff like acupuncture and Reiki that, you know, some of your peers wouldn't have been. Probably. Like I said, it just I was usually the uh the odd odd one out. So um it just kind of became habit to um spend more time playing with my own imagination and where that could take me. Uh, so I do think that has influenced, you know, the things that I've chosen to incorporate into my life. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So going forward, what's next? Got any big plans coming up or, you know, what other modalities are you looking forward to exploring in the future? Yeah. So um, immediately I am uh, going to be going to Guatemala next week uh, wow. to learn about cacao. So, um, that'll be an experience. Uh, I cannot wait. And, um, and then in June, uh, I know Dr. Paul is coming here to St. Louis to do sound bowl training, and I'm definitely going to be, um, taking up on that. Um, so those two new things will be coming into play in my practice. Um, and then who knows from there, honestly, Jordan, who knows? <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, hey, that's plenty you got on your plate just between those two. I know. And all of the other things, too. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Could you talk about cacao? Like, what, uh, what is that? And, and what, um, what is your retreat going to be like in Guatemala? 
Yeah, so um, basically I'm just going to learn. I don't even know what to expect, um, but I do know that we're going to be um, out in the rainforest and we get to um, see where the cacao grows and um, the workers that process the cacao. Um, so I'm just, I'm just ready for the experience and just to learn and to um, kind of partake in some traditional plant medicine um, yeah. in, in, a, in a way that it feels very um, back to the earth type of way. Um, mm. I've done plant medicine. I've done cacao, you know, here in St. Louis, but I feel like being near the actual plant and where it grows um, just offers a deeper connection. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And I think, and I, I'm, I apologize for my ignorance, but, you know, I think of it as like, cacao is just this raw ingredient that we put in chocolate, right? Obviously it's much more than that. And so like what, how is it used traditionally and in, in, in a spiritual setting? Yeah. So in a spiritual setting, basically um, it kind of just brings a lot of clarity. That's in my experience. Um, so a lot of clarity. So not just um, like visual clarity, cause that happens too, but as um, if you're processing or working through something or um, if you have questions about, you know, what steps to take moving forward, um, cacao can really bring that clarity. Um, it can also bring a lot of creativity. So, you know, having um, cacao and then allowing yourself to create whatever that may be. Um, I like to paint. Um, so that's kind of a, a practice that I like to do. Yeah. Um, it just kind of brings it forward um, so that you can kind of tune into that energy a little bit um, deeper. And you eat the cacao? Yeah. So usually it's made into like um, a drink. Okay. Yeah. So, cause it's really, really bitter. Uh, cause uh -huh. it's the actual like cacao like plant. Um, so it's really, really bitter. Um, it's not very t tasty. Um, it's, I don't know if you've ever done like wachuma or ayahuasca. Um, ayahuasca. Yeah. So they're just, they're, they're not, they're not so tasty. Um, you can format it in different ways. Um, I know people who've like baked it into like, um, you know, a piece of candy. Um, but cacao is the, in a drink is traditional. Interesting. And is the, is it like a psychedelic feeling experience? It is psychoactive. Yeah. So it's very, it's Got like it. a mild psychoactive, I guess. Um, because it's one of those that is not considered illegal. Um, so here in the States anyway. Oh, I didn't realize that. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Huh. Yeah, it it's such a wild, uh, you know, um, regulation we have with regards to which substances are permitted and which aren't. But you know, I don't need to go down <laughs> that soapbox right now. Um, <laughs> Charlotte, you'd also mentioned earlier applied kine kinesiology, and you touched on it a little bit. But I'd love to talk a little bit more about what does that mean. Mm. Yeah, so that was probably. Um, the one piece that dove me into like all the energy medicine. Um, so applied kinesiology or also known as AK is um, considered a chiropractic technique, a specialized um, technique where you learn about um, manual muscle testing. So you can muscle test the body for pretty much anything. Um, the body always knows <laughs> essentially. So um, I sometimes will teach people how to self muscle test uh, mm -hmm. And you can self-muscle test by using um, your two um, fingers, your thumb and your index finger. And then you can just ask yourself a series of questions. So, um, and you're going to spread your fingers apart with your other hand. 
So I can ask like, you know, is, is my name Charlotte, right? It should be a strong response. It should be held. Um, but if I said, is my name Jordan? Well, I can't hold that, um, connection anymore. My body's like, no, that's a lie. Um, because our bodies speak in like binary code, um, Mm. ones and zeros. Um, and so that can work for, um, you can test supplements that way. Um, if you're curious about supplements or medication that you're on, whether your body is saying yes or no, you can do that. Um, you can do it with foods, right? So food sensitivities, I will muscle test for food sensitivities sometimes for people. Um, and then you can also just test for, you know, more of the mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects. So if you're curious about maybe the solar plexus chakra, right, you can just muscle test and ask the body, is it the solar plexus chakra, right? And if it goes weak, then you can assume there's something happening in that area. Mm. Um, there's some checks and balances to make sure that you're not testing an already weak muscle that's just like muscle fatigue or something else that's going on physiologically. Um, so there are checks and balances there. But for the most part, um, you can kind of tune into anything that you want. Wow. And is that a similar concept as like dowsing? Yes. Yes. Okay. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really cool. So this is just kind of the science of how that all works. Yep. It is a really, um, it's one of those things where I never thought that I would be uh, working with this kind of energy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, because it is kind of like the more scientific um, explanation of how some of this stuff works um, just yeah. by using the body. So it's really kind of cool. Wow. Well, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Charlotte, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This has been a blast. Um, If folks are in the St. Louis area and want to check you out, where uh, what should they look up? Yeah, so they can just head over to my website. It's probably the easiest way. And it's just drcharlottestl.com. And you do uh, remote work as well? Um, So technically, as a chiropractor in Missouri, I have to see people in office. Um, so, uh, at least for the first visit. So unfortunately, no, I don't do a ton of remote work right now. I do offer remote Reiki. Um, but that is, that is all I offer at the moment. Gotcha. All right. Well, get your butt to St. Louis then folks. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, Jordan. I really love chatting with you. Me too. So much fun as always, and look forward to catching up soon. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you all for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. In this discussion, Dr. Charlotte explained her use of both chiropractic and acupuncture and how she's been successful in treating patients with both. Both of these healing modalities have gained stronger followings in recent years, yet remain ambiguous for a lot of people. Therefore, I wanted to share some excerpts from Charlotte's website to dive a bit further into both. What is chiropractic? Chiropractors work with the body's innate knowledge and understanding to allow the body to reach new states of being. The spinal column houses the most precious piece of machinery ever designed, the central nervous system. Chiropractic is based on these simple truths. One, the body is self-healing and self-regulating. Two, the purpose of the brain and nervous system is to control and coordinate the function of all the cells, tissues, and organs in the body and to adapt the organism to its environment. Three, if there is interference in your nervous system, subluxation, or misalignment, your body cannot function as intended. 
Therefore, it is no longer self-healing and or self-regulating. Four, the longer the interference occurs, the more devastating the effects are to your health and well-being. Five, the job of a chiropractor is to locate, analyze, and correct the subluxations, misalignments, and their causes. This will give your body the ability to regain its self-healing and self-regulating properties, allowing you, your family, and friends to enjoy optimum health, well-being, longevity, and improved quality of life. What is subluxation? First, the spine is no longer moving through its normal range of motion and is considered misaligned. Second, neural tissues, spinal cord, nerve roots, and surrounding tissue, or meninges, are compromised by the misaligned vertebrae, essentially degrading the neural network that sends signals to slash from our brain. Three, there is an alteration, change, or disruption of the nerve impulses. These altered nerves that normally supply our tissues, muscles, organs, and every cell within our body can thus be compromised, leading to poor function and lower quality of life. What causes subluxation? Stress. Three three types of stress. First, structural or physical. The birthing process, injury from falls, learning to walk, poor posture or postural defects, repetitive use injury, trauma, sports and sport injuries, weightlifting, and running. Second, chemical nutritional, like medications, food dyes, preservatives, vaccines, environmental or air pollutants, pesticides, cosmetics, cleaning products, alcohol, and smoking. And third, mental, emotional, anxiety, depression, business or personal relationships, money finances, school, and life in general. The importance of reducing stress and correspondingly subluxation is echoed in the medical research on self-transcending meditation. That meditation is a natural, latent physiological process to alleviate stress supporting the philosophy that our body is self-regulating and self-healing. Perhaps there are cheaper, more efficacious ways to heal the body than spending tens of thousands on pharmaceuticals with harmful side effects. As for acupuncture, what is acupuncture? Dating back to at least 100 BC, acupuncture was first described in writing as an organized system of diagnosis and treatment using needles. Commonly utilized in traditional Chinese medicine, TCM, Acupuncture is linked to the belief that disease is caused by disruptions to the flow of energy, or qi, in the body. Acupuncture stimulates points on or under the skin called acupuncture points or acupressure points, releasing this qi. The qi then travels through channels called meridians. It is believed that when qi is able to flow throughout the meridian systems unimpeded, the body begins to remember how to innately heal from within. What are the different types of acupuncture? While it originated in China, acupuncture is used throughout the world. Different styles have developed over the centuries based on different theories. While the basic theoretical principles of acupuncture are fairly consistent, styles of acupuncture differ greatly in terms of technique and diagnosis. Below is a general guide. Traditional Chinese acupuncture. Traditional Chinese acupuncture, part of TCM, is the dominant style of acupuncture studied and practiced in the U.S. and follows the five-element chart for diagnosis and treatment the five elements being earth, water, fire, air, and ether. Japanese acupuncture. Japanese style uses the same meridians and points as Chinese acupuncture, but takes a more subtle route, typically using fewer and thinner needles with less stimulation. Korean hand acupuncture. This technique focuses on points in the hand that correspond to areas of the body and to certain disharmonies. Auricular acupuncture. This system, commonly used for pain control and drug, alcohol, and nicotine addiction, focuses on points in the ear that correspond to areas of the body and to certain disharmonies. 
Medical acupuncture. When acupuncture is performed by a Western medical doctor, MD, it is termed medical acupuncture. Acupuncture requirements for Western doctors are generally more lenient than for non-MDs. Medical doctors usually use sterilized stainless steel needles like other acupuncturists, but also sometimes use injections. Veterinary acupuncture is an acknowledged and respected field of medicine requiring formal training and certification. In most states, veterinary acupuncture is considered a surgical procedure that legally may only be performed by a licensed doctor of veterinary medicine. How does acupuncture work? Acupuncture achieves the desired results by stimulating specific points near or on the surface of the skin, acupuncture points, that have the ability to alter biochemical and physiological conditions in the body. Because acupuncture points are designated areas of electrical sensitivity, inserting needles at these points stimulates sensory receptors. This in turn stimulates nerves that transmit impulses to the hypothalamic pituitary systems in the brain. The hypothalamus pituitary glands are responsible for releasing neurotransmitters and endorphins, the body's natural pain-killing hormones, thought to be some 200 times more potent than morphine. Endorphins play a significant role in the hormonal system, which is why acupuncture is effective in treating back pain, arthritis, PMS, and infertility. The substances released as a result of acupuncture relax the body and also regulate serotonin in the brain, which affects emotional states. Other physiological effects include increased circulation, decreased inflammation, release, relief of muscle spasms, and increased T-cell count, which supports the immune system. According to Dr. Ting Bao, an integrative medical oncologist at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in New York, one major hypothesis is that acupuncture works through neurohormonal pathways. Basically, you put the needle through specific points in the body and stimulate the nerve. The nerve actually sends signals to the brain, and the brain releases neurohormones such as beta endorphins. By doing that, the patient may feel euphoric or happy, and this increases the pain threshold, and they feel less pain. Another hypothesis is that acupuncture works by reducing pro-inflammatory markers or proteins in the body. Some animal and human studies suggest that by doing acupuncture, you can significantly decrease these pro-inflammatory markers, including TNF and IL-16, which decreases inflammation and reduces pain. One such spot is just below the knee, a point known as stomach 36. This point is used in a wide variety of treatments that involve inflammation anywhere in the body, as well as for increasing energy and boosting the immune system, which in turn also helps to decrease inflammation. Again, notice the emphasis on the body's natural ability for self-healing and the importance of unimpeded flow of energy. When will Western medicine recognize that ancient healing traditions like TCM understood profound truths about human physiology? We've known through quantum physics for over 100 years that materiality itself is an illusion. So why has Western medicine taken so long to catch up? To recognize that everything is energy. And that human physiology represents a vibrating form of consciousness resonating at his or her unique timber. Perhaps by taking a new approach to our medical paradigm, we can start to fix the continuously growing rates of autoimmune disease, obesity, mental health disorders, autism, addiction, cancer, and infertility, thanks to the miracles of Western medicine.
Thank you.